0: grandmother. But as yet, they remain quite unaware of the secret pact made between Aisha and Layla, and that very soon, their beloved mother will be leaving home forever. If Iblis remains the twins' greatest enemy, they have the consolation of some good friends. Mr. Rakshasas is a very aged jinn and close colleague of Nimrod, whose own powers are waning. Although born in India, he learned his English with an Irish accent. Nimrod's faithful butler is Mr. Gronin from Manchester, who has just one arm, having lost the other to a hungry tiger in the British Museum. Dibbuck is a gin boy who lives in Palm Springs, California, with his mother, a gin doctor, Jenny Sackertorta. Mr. and Mrs. Gaund have a faithful housekeeper, Mrs. Trump, who continued to work for the Gaunts, even after Philippa had secretly granted her wish that she should win the New York State Lottery. P.B. Kerr, February 2006. Prologue Being something that happened just a few weeks after the twins, John and Philippa Gaunt, were born in New York City. The beginning of the horror occurred, as horror often does, in the dead of night, when most people were asleep. The house where this terrifying event took place was a government building in London, a deceptively large brick Palladian house in Whitehall, with the oldest and most celebrated address in the world. Outside the famous black front door stood a policeman, and on the opposite side of the street were more government buildings all the way up to Westminster and the Houses of Parliament and beyond the muddy River Thames. Long after midnight on a cold April morning in the last years of the last millennium, No. 10 Downing Street was quiet. An eleven-year-old girl was alone in her room, but she was not sleeping. She was lying under the quilt with a flashlight reading a book. Her father, The Prime Minister of Great Britain and Northern Ireland and Mother were fast asleep down the hall and on duty downstairs in an office behind the cabinet room with the Prime Minister's detective and his press secretary. At approximately 12.40am, the girl glanced up from her novel with a frown of puzzlement. She thought she heard the sound of laughter. Odd, female laughter. The giggling of someone... "'Mischievous and juvenile. "'Funny.' "'She poked her head out from under the tent of her quilt "'and listened carefully for a moment, "'then dismissed it. "'I'm hearing things.' "'But as the girlish laughter returned, "'she sat up and, no longer able to concentrate, "'tossed her paperback aside. "'That giggling, it gives me the creeps.' "'She got up to investigate.' Pulling on a dressing gown, she opened her door and looked down the hallway. The giggling seemed to be coming from her parents' bedroom. What's going on? That's not my mother who's laughing. She doesn't laugh like that. Since moving into Downing Street, she doesn't laugh at all. The girl padded down the hall, and the giggling suddenly grew louder, more mischievous, even a little bit nasty. As she pushed open the Prime Minister's bedroom door and stepped into the room, the giggling abruptly ceased, if only for a moment. What the heck is going on? Her mother was huddled in the corner of the room, looking round-eyed and plainly terrified. Her father was sitting bolt upright in bed, but with both eyes closed and breathing heavily through his flared nostrils, as if he'd been running. He didn't look like himself at all. His face was pale, his pyjamas were soaked with sweat, and his hair lay matted on his head like damp straw. Then his eyes flickered open, rolled up into the top of his head like a couple of marbles, and closed again. Then she noticed the heat, the room. It felt like an oven. She padded over to the window, opened it. She touched the radiator. Cold? That's very odd. What's wrong with you, Mum? She said softly. There's nothing wrong with me.